Welcome back to Meet You at the Bottom, a conversation podcast where we get to the bottom of topics at the top of mind with the drink in hand, of course. I'm your host, Abhinav Brahmamdam, and as always, thank you for tuning in. In today's episode, I sat down with Monica Moreno of Eventbrite to discuss the future of concerts and other large-scale events. We all love concerts, we all love sporting events, and when the pandemic hit, everything went virtual or a little bit of a hybrid later on. So as we come up from COVID-19, I'm genuinely curious how much of this remote, virtual, hybrid world will stick in the event space, just like it has stuck in the workplace or in education. The conversation was very interesting and a lot to think about. And honestly, a lot of this is still yet to play out as tours and events are coming back up. But regardless what will happen six months from now or nine months or even a year from now, it's an area and a subject that's pretty interesting to follow. So I really thank Monica for taking the time to join and, and embarking some of her thoughts and wisdom on this topic. On a separate note, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who has been texting me, LinkedIn messaging, emailing, and even Insta messaging me on how much they've enjoyed these last few episodes. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen and spreading the word, and, and I'll continue to try my best to release you know, new content that everyone appreciates. And on that note, I would greatly appreciate if people continue going on Apple Pods, Google Pods, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave reviews or meet you at the bottom. The more reviews out there in the world, the more folks in the world will be able to listen to these episodes. So thank you again. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Monica on the future of concerts and other large-scale events. Happy Monday, everyone. Today on Meet You at the Bottom, we're going to be discussing a topic that honestly I don't really know much about. And depending on my mood, I probably don't care that much about, but it's highly relevant for everyone um, that doesn't live under a rock and across all ages as well. And, and that's really the future of, of concerts um, and any other really large scale events in this post COVID-19 world. And, you know, maybe there is no, maybe the future is, is like what it was before, or maybe there's a difference. So I thought it would be fun to fun to converse about it. And I'm not the biggest concert goer myself, uh, but I like attending big sporting events. And to talk about this topic and someone who loves attending concerts as well as big sporting events uh, is Monica Moreno. Uh, Monica works in finance at Eventbrite and also recently moved to Nashville. So one would say she might be the most qualified person on this planet to, uh, to discuss this topic. Uh, so I'm really excited. Thanks, uh, thanks for doing this and how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Doing well. Flew back from Nashville actually this morning back to Chicago. So here for the weekend for the fourth, which will be fun. Love but, that. Yeah. Love that. Um, what are you drinking? Or are you drinking? I am, surprisingly. It's been a long weekend, but yeah. <laughs> white wine. Nice, nice. I just have a blue moon. I'm on I've been on a bender actually. I, I think I've had a drink the last like nine days. So it's kind of <laughs> tough. You just got engaged. You have to. Yeah, yeah. The the secret's out on the podcast now. So, anyway. <laughs> oh, my first one since you've gotten engaged. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yep, there, there you are. Go. There you go. This is uh, gonna be the best one yet. <laughs> um. Anyway, cheers. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining. Cheers. Um. So let's let's get to the topic at hand here, and the reason we're doing this is because I saw this article. Um, month or so ago or whatever from Axios. So albeit it's from Axios, so they're a bit clickbaity. So take listeners, take it for, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Um, but this article was titled, The Future of Concerts is Hybrid. And you were the first person I messaged it to. And, and I think you said like, oh, this is interesting. I have mixed feelings on this. And when I heard mixed feelings, all I heard was, okay, this could be a great podcast episode. Um, so let's talk about it and, and fast forward. Here we are. And, and really the premise of the article was just like remote school or remote workplace, you know, remote concerts that occurred um, during COVID, during the pandemic um, are here to stay in some sort of capacity and in, in indicating, you know, more of a hybrid mix. And, and so with that, I wanted to get your thoughts on all of this. And, and before we delve into more of a conversation, more of a yes, no, or maybe question to set the scene here. Um, you know, come this fall or come eight months from now or, or early 2022, are we back to 2019 pre-COVID-19 type of, you know, concert world? Um, in other words, you know, concerts are going to be packed. You have to get tickets. 
right when it comes out or pay a premium um, and on the third third market and get it get it there and, and go attend in person. Curious what you think. I would say yes. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a huge concert person, but I think when I read the article, my first thought was that I would always choose in person over virtual. And I think the hybrid concept will be really interesting to see how that actually works. Mm -hmm. But I think things go 100% back to what 2019 was. Um, Lala's happening again this year. And I think there's starting to be a lot more that's trending towards saying that it will get back to what it used to be. Yeah, yep. And I, I actually have no opinion. I think I'm inclined to agree with you, um, but it is it is an interesting topic at hand. So, so with that, let's take a step back and kind of just review really the pandemic and our habits. And I'm curious what your thoughts were on the, you know, virtual concert concept and virtual concerts in general during during the pandemic and, and even now. Yeah, so I think I went to, not went, I guess, but attended <laughs> some virtually. But most of the ones that I did were ones that were free through like Instagram Live. Um, okay. I think it was interesting to see how they progressed over time because I think at first people weren't doing virtual because people didn't know how long this was going to last. And then once they figured out it was more like, okay, this is here to stay for a little bit of time. I think artists tried to continue to do it just to keep their people engaged and them stay staying relevant too. Um, but I don't actually think I paid to go to any virtual concert, which I think is interesting. The ones that I did see that were like 10 bucks to attend whatever, most of the time I found myself not doing that, which when I was thinking about this podcast, I was kind of surprised at myself that I didn't pay to do that because I yeah. love music so much. Me too. I'm surprised. I think <laughs> even if it was a hundred dollars, I feel like you would have, hey, why not? I know. So I think that was interesting looking back on, but I think going forward, the only way I would attend a virtual concert over an in-person one, or even a hybrid one, is if I like, if in-person wasn't actually available. So I think of my sister and I love this artist whose name is Ziggy Alberts, and he's an Australian artist. And with that, obviously you're not flying to Australia all the time. So <laughs> if you were to do something that was hybrid, I think that would be something where I felt like I probably wouldn't be going to otherwise. So potentially that would be something that I would do. And I know when my sister was studying abroad, she kind of got the shit under the stick with having to come home early. But one of the timings of when I was planning on visiting her was actually he was going to be in tour in Barcelona. And we're like, oh, he's never in Europe and this is a chance where we could actually see him. So I think that would be my main reasoning for doing a hybrid thing in general is just if I, if it was something that I didn't have access to on a normal basis. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And, and I would probably do the same as well. Um, I, I'm curious, would you, from a virtual standpoint of say he was in Australia, you know, no plans to come to Europe anytime or America, obviously eventually, you know, people tour everywhere would would you are you a person that will stay up like overnight pay 10 bucks or whatever and, and watch that virtual concerts say it's like 11 p.m to two o'clock or 2 a.m <laughs> yeah i think i probably would that's maybe embarrassing but yeah i mean i think if it was my like one chance potentially to see him probably and i think for me it'd be fun because i know my sister would also probably be doing that so we'd probably be doing it together yeah. um so i think i would yeah, have a, have a cocktail, enjoy, enjoy middle yeah. of the night, everyone's asleep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. It, it, is, it is funny to see, like, to your point of the evolution of the virtual concerts last year, where it was Instagram Live or Basic, and then I think I read something about Dua Lipa, like, cost her virtual concert was like one and a half million dollars or something, but it reached, the, like, the largest audience ever, or I don't even remember how many people, um, like, five million or six million people visited it or watched it or whatever the word is. And so if I'm an artist, you know, there is, seems to be some sort of benefit that people are paying X amount of money and, and you get to reach a more of a crowd um, versus in person versus touring X amount of cities in X amount of days. And that's a lot of physical strain. Um, and, and so I guess, you know, you're, you're more in tune and you know, musicians and you're in the scene, I would say, especially in Nashville, I, I guess, what would you do? Like, how, how would you start out now? Or would it be a mix of, you know, in-person events and, and 
you know, Instagram lives and things like that? Yeah, I think it would depend. So I think it's interesting too. So Eventbrite put out this video on kind of the same topic, like the future of hybrid events. And one of the things that I found interesting was one guy started his own business during COVID and he saw a need for just people wanting to like sing and gather together. And for him, he talked about like, I have no plans to go hybrid or in-person yet because I found that I like had people, he's located in the UK, but I had like groups in Ethiopia and groups like all over the place that were coming together to do this. And so he was like, I think ideally I would probably do one large in-person event a year, for example. And most likely it would be in the UK because that like two thirds of the people that he's actually talking to are in the UK. But I think that's interesting to think about is what would that look like? But I think the Dua Lipa one is interesting because that's already a pretty well-established person that probably reached a ton more people than she would have anyways, or people yeah. that knew about her anyways. And I think what is interesting is then if that person then buys a ticket to go see her in person. So did she like convince people enough or not convince, but build up enough um, of an audience that then that person is like, oh, I've never seen Dua Lipa before, but this concert was awesome. And now I wanna go buy a ticket to see her in person because that was a great experience. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great thought and question. Cause it's like, I don't know, I was talking to my cousin today too. And, and it's like, I, he was like, think about the Super Bowl. Um, you know, people obviously get together to watch the game, but a lot of people get together. Like my parents watch Super Bowl every year. They don't know much about football, but they watch that halftime show and they remember it. And so it's essentially like that, a huge, you know, amazing stage performance. You're gathering around with a bunch of your close friends and family and you're watching it for free. I guess that's the difference between a Super Bowl and like a Dua Lipa concert. Um, but if I, I see, I don't see like a, a negative if I'm a musician to do that. Because if you go to, the, you know, if you're on the live venue route, and I don't know how the fees work, but I'm sure you have to pay a certain fee to the venue, um, you know, people take different cuts, and you're obviously putting your body through a lot. Whereas if you do one full swoop, you know, virtual concert, are you still achieving your same goals of, you know, reaching more people, you're already established, you're, you're, if you have a future concert, or for her, she had that album levitating, or, you know, people are buying that afterwards, or subscribing or listening to it. So I don't know. It's a good thought, I guess. Yeah, it'll be interesting um, to see how it all works. I think there's nothing that will replace the in-person feeling because my thought is so how, like when you're at a concert and you're sitting there and listening to the music, you just like feel it, right? And I don't know if you get that same experience online or like, how do you participate? So if someone's like, this is my favorite song and you're screaming with a crowd of people, the lyrics, like, are you just screaming? At a computer. <laughs> yeah, by yourself. <laughs> so I think there's a portion too of like, how do you actually connect with people just as well virtually? And is that possible? Or how do you like, do you have to come up with different platforms to your point of like the cost? So do I have to pay for it to have some platform where I have, I don't know, I mean, I guess Zoom is free, but like video capability and chat capability and different things like that. And how many people can it actually hold where you could see everyone's faces or maybe you can't. So I think the actual interaction and the connection that you're trying to make virtually um, is just different. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, side note, it's funny though, the way you described that, some people would be like, this is why we need to go back to in-person in the workplace versus a remote world. But, yeah. uh, but hey, you, you gotta pick your, pick your poison. Um, well, even that, so, I mean, we went back, we had like a soft opening mm-hmm. um, two weeks ago and for me, I started during COVID, so I didn't know a lot of my coworkers. Like I'd only seen them over yeah. like Zoom. And it was a totally different experience just because I think you miss out on the small talk and at things that aren't all about work. Whereas yeah. when you're in person, it's like, oh, let's go get lunch and let's do happy hour and let's do this. And it's just a totally different connection. I feel like that you make with people. Yeah, I would agree. And I think, I think the whole point of concerts too is like connecting going with your friends you know having a couple beers you're dancing um can you do that in your own apartment i i don't know and have that same you know feeling of exhilaration uh i I don't know and and one one um 
concept Kelly, our friend Kelly came up with, not came up with, or she heard about, and this was, albeit this was back in November when we chatted, was, you know, there's someone is staging a concert somewhere in the world um, and that's going on, but you can watch the concert, say like Madison Square Garden or United Centers is projecting this concert and you can go get a ticket there and watch it there, still virtual, but it's trying to mimic that same feeling, but also not having these, you know, like a tour or, or you're flying from different city to different city for the musician. Uh, curious your thoughts on that. And, and it would be the same, like you have concessions, drinks and things, um, or you could rent out a suite with your friends. Um, what do you think of that? To me, that sounds more fun, I would say. Like, I think it's just nice to be around people. Like, I think if you're watching, like let's take a sporting game, for example, like and everyone's watching in their respective apartments, like outside of the Super Bowl, for example, but you're like texting people and being like, oh, did you see that play? Or, oh, did you whatever? Versus I don't think that works as well for a concert. Like, oh, that song was awesome. I think it's more fun to actually sit there and enjoy it with someone. So I actually really like that idea of, even if it's not actually you're seeing the person, the artist in person, you're still surrounded by this group of people that is wanting to see this artist. I think that brings a lot more community too. So I like that. I think like the one difference with concerts versus sporting events or different things like that is I think you're not going to see. So that to me would be like a one time a year event. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to I'm not going to go see Dua Lipa on Monday and then buy another ticket to her concert on Thursday because no. it's not going to be that different of a concert, right? Whereas a sporting event, you don't necessarily know what's going to happen. So I could go to a game on Monday and a game on Thursday and have a totally different experience. So I think that's interesting. Like maybe she tweaks it a little bit based on like what songs she sings first or second or whatever. But for the most part, my guess is you'd probably be getting a pretty similar experience. So you're getting kind of a one-time purchase versus potentially more so more right. than yeah and I guess to play devil's advocate then like what's the difference why wouldn't you just wait for her to come tour your city then and, yeah then versus waiting uh, or maybe she doesn't tour your city and this is why you're doing this kind of um, event that for me I think would be it like you know that you're not going to be able to see her unless you're buying this virtual thing and that would be like personally my reason to buy it. Got it. Got it. I, I guess taking a step back, because I don't really get it, is what what defines a hybrid concert? Like it's either it's virtual or it's in person. I, I don't understand this whole hybrid concert world. So I think that's one thing that people are nervous about because so everyone knows that in-person works, right? And then they've had to figure out that virtual can also work based on just people were forced to change their styles of how they were doing everything. And it was fully virtual, the hybrid is having both included. So essentially it would be, I go to a concert and um, I'm live there, but they're streaming it and people are able to watch it online as well. Or on like a lesser scale, let's say uh, if you're like going to, I don't know, see like panelists or something, all of the panelists are together, but all the attendees are virtual. And so it just has like, I think honestly, the definition of hybrid is like, there's two or more people that are in person that are hosting, I'll say. Um, but I think that's the one that people are nervous about. Like they have seen one work, so they've seen in-person work and they've seen virtual work, but there hasn't been as much like meshing of the hybrid piece. So people are like, will it work? And will that continue to be something that I don't know, is people wanting to do going forward? Because I think a lot of the thought process too is how do you make, for me, I would feel way more connected as the in-person audience, but how do you make the people that are the virtual audience feel just as special or have them still be involved as much as the in-person people without it swaying like one way or the other? Yeah, that's tough. Um, I mean, I guess that's why performers get paid a lot of money um to figure that out but <laughs> but i don't know I, and then i guess if you were in the the virtual stage of that like i would think your your cost to attend quote unquote would be less than the person going in person i would hope I yeah know. i think that's the other thing too like i think you can charge a lot more when you're going in person versus when you're just logging on to something and not having the whole thing 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess it's also kind of like a mental, mental um, piece of like logging onto something virtually like people are tired of that. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I can't speak for people, but I speak for myself, I guess. Um, and, and so like maybe it's just a chore, right. To pay 10 bucks and log on versus I'm paying a hundred bucks. I'm going to get there five hours earlier. I'm going to get annoyed, try and find parking and get annoyed leaving, but I'm going to have the best three hour experience that I could ask for. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, I actually miss getting ready or I miss whatever. Like, I was like, this is such a foreign concept now to actually go get ready to do something and like, go see people. Um, but it's been fun. Like, even we just planned a girl's trip to fly to LA to go see someone in concert that oh. we could very easily see in Chicago. Like, they're coming to Chicago. But it was, like, fun to make it a destination just because we haven't been able to do it in so long. So it's like, okay, we know this person is playing here and we'll make a weekend out of it. And so we're going like a Thursday to Monday and the concert's on a Friday and just fun to go do something. Yeah, no, agreed. I don't know if I would do that unless it was like Coldplay because I really want to watch Coldplay live or, or BTS would be pretty nice to watch live, but, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I'd be, I would be doing that. And, and to your point of getting ready, that's why I wear the same outfit pre-pandemic or post-pandemic there's been no change in my attire, which has been pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Burks, Burks, Burks. Um, always for you. <laughs> it's, it's socially acceptable. Um, and, and I guess taking it a little bit more micro here in your experiences, moving to Nashville earlier this year and, and to now, how has that shifted? I know COVID-19 almost didn't exist down there, but from a musician standpoint, you're, you're in the scene, you know, you know, musicians, how are they going about it? Especially folks that are trying to make it big and, you know, this is their newfound new career, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I think, um, I mean, they still, so like the Grand Ole Opry, for example, still had all their shows during COVID there just wasn't an audience. And so I think things that have been there for a while like that, they tried to continue as much as they could throughout COVID. Um, but yeah, I mean, then you have like Broadway Street, for example, which I don't know if it ever died down. I wasn't there in like the height of the pandemic, but um, I mean, you see it now or even see it a couple months ago and it was still pretty happening. <laughs> um, but I think now everything is back to 100% capacity. So one of our favorite places to go to is the listening rooms. When my parents visited, we went there and I think everyone you can tell just feels appreciative of being back. And so I think that's a really cool thing um, is almost everyone talks about it as this thing that you never thought was gonna go away, but then it did. And so you realize the value of having an in-person experience and the value of being able to play and to tour. Um, and most artists I would say are starting to announce big tours again, um, like starting this summer, starting in the fall. And so I think that's been pretty good to see too. Got it. That, yeah, that, that's good to hear. And, and, I, and I guess on that point of like tours getting started and, and things getting kind of back to how, how things were, do we, do we see any negative like side effects of, of like that? Are, as in our prices, ticket prices going to be like absurdly expensive that you know, certain, you know, like more wealthier people can attend than like the normal casual fan. Or is there going to be less marketing that musicians have to do because people are like ready to rumble and, and fans will, like you said, you're talking to your friends and you'll share it and be like, hey, let's just do this. I'm curious kind of, you know, what your perspective is, um, is on that. Yeah, I think that that's an interesting point. I think on the marketing costs from what I've heard. So a lot of what we had looked at was Australia because they got back to normal before a lot of other people did right now obviously they're not doing too well but that was one of the places that we had looked at and what we actually saw was people were cutting um marketing budget so to your point they weren't spending as much on marketing just because there was so much demand to actually go to these things but they were spending it other places um so they cut out like that for example but there were some other things like fraud or like health and safety, for example. So they had to make sure that everyone was safe and doing all these other things that I think all in all probably ended up being pretty neutral in terms of cost. Um, 
but so I don't know. I think that that is something to think about. Um, and then from a downside, I mean, I think it'll be interesting because I don't know how it's going to work. Like if you have to prove that either you're vaccinated or prove that you have a negative COVID test. I know like at the beginning when things started to open up, that was a lot of what was being talked about was for large scale events. Like you had to do one of those things. I think personally, like I've heard that talked about less and less as things have started to open. Yeah. Um, but I think you are running a risk to some extent, right? So do you, who's liable or who gets, I don't know what happens if someone does go and get COVID or someone does have something happen? Um, is it on that person? Is it on the person that like hosted the event or what could kind of happen? Um, but it'll be interesting. I think the pent up demand is also interesting. Like I saw um, for the Habs game, like the Habs and Mm -hmm. um, they were showing something that said essentially it was cheaper to fly to Tampa Bay and see games one and games two and fly back than it was to see game three in Montreal and tickets wow. in Montreal were going for like $11,000 for two tickets. And so I think to your point, like there's a lot of people that don't just have $11,000 to drop on yeah. to see this sporting event. And maybe that's like, I don't know, their lifelong goal or lifelong dream is to go and see those people play. But still, I think it will be interesting to see if things get more expensive or how accessible it is to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think those two things are, I'm just interested about like Kygo had opened Red Rocks um, on Thursday, like Red Rocks just opened back up. Kygo, you know, he had an album drop and it's his first time in the live audience. And I think the tickets went out in like 30 seconds or less. And, and then they tripled right after that because people are, you know, trying to make a quick buck and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe that's the, the new norm for like first few months as people get back and, and the demand is so high, but the supply is low. And, um, and that's why I was like, oh, well then if I'm a musician, you know, I want to get my music out, you know, maybe at a more normal price. I also have an option that you can tune into this and still hear it without being there. But, but I don't know. I, yeah, it's a good, that's a great point. And to your, to your first point on the vaccine stuff, like I went to, you went to the Cubs game last week. I went to the Cubs game. I mean, it's like back to normal and the, I mean, the only difference is the vendors, you can't, you don't pay cash anymore for a beer. Um, you pay your credit card, which, which takes longer, but easier for people that don't carry cash. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, then you have like the snake beers happening too. Which yeah. <laughs> coming off of COVID is just funny to see. <laughs> yeah. Every night, no matter what, um, which, which is true, uh, from, from like a, a worker, like more corporate event price standpoint how are you seeing just in general um obviously concerts but like in general events from like registrations or, or things like kind of back to normal or and people are like convention centers are filling back up and things like that yeah i think they are i think a lot of it was pent up demand so like we've seen so i support our sales team and for example like we've seen in april like we booked a huge deal for a light show that doesn't go live until October, but it's just like people are ready to go and they're just knowing they want to host these events. So I think there's been a lot of pent up demand, which has been good. I think what will be interesting to see is how that continues over the next couple of months. So we haven't seen our usual seasonality in terms of like the months that are typically low, like lower and higher. It hasn't been like that at all. It's just been based on like when states open or when countries open or whatever. So that part has been interesting. Um, but I also think it will be, so we've been pretty vocal about um, like the workplace. I know, I don't, I think you guys are going back to all in person at some point, but so for us, they've been pretty vocal about if you wanna go into the office, you can, if you don't wanna go into the office, like there's no pressure um, to do that. And which I really like, cause I can go in if I want and I don't have to. But I think that will be interesting to see. So like if you think about corporate events or like companies hosting events or challenges or like team building, 
if you're hosting an event for a company that's 50% online and 50% in person, you have to think about how you would do that differently versus what you probably were used to doing. Right. Your team outings look a lot different. So um, I think that'll be interesting to see how people adapt to that just based on, hey, like this person didn't come into the office today and this person did. So how is this team building gonna work? Um, so yeah, that's tough. I mean, I guess that's like the question, the crux of our conversation thus far, no matter what type of environment, if you're hosting an event, whether it's a 20 person corporate event or 20,000 person concert, how do you do it? Cause, cause I guess at some point, especially workplace corporate related wise, or even conventions wise, there's going to be a virtual component, at least for the next year plus, it seems like, I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I think there will be some type of component to that for sure. Um, or just business travel, like when will that kind of start to pick up again or do people feel comfortable doing that? But all in all, I think honestly, it's been really nice to see that there is, that things are starting to get back to normal and there is that demand and people wanting to be in person. Um, so for me, it's been good. I know like when I first took the job, my dad was like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're going to work for an events company in the middle of a pandemic. And um, I mean, it was a huge risk for sure, but I've loved seeing it come back and just seeing like the trends that have happened and it rebounding. Um, so it's been a really interesting adventure and experience for sure. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Well, hopefully, hopefully he's not listening to this. And <laughs> I know. <laughs> I told you so, Dad. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. I uh how like I guess in the in, in Nashville, like when you're going to concerts, are they like packed to the brim? Like when you like people's like especially like the up and coming concerts, upcoming musicians? Yeah. Um, so I've I I'm trying to think. I haven't been to a ton um since I've moved, but I've gone to the listening room a few times and that was pretty packed. Like they have a night show and a brunch show. And I would say the night show is at like full capacity. And the, and I think probably the difference too was the night person that I saw was a pretty big name. And so I think for the bigger names, you're seeing a lot of people showing up and a lot of people wanting to be there. Um, and then I also think it's actually interesting. Like I haven't been in Nashville for very long, but you see so many people that have moved during the pandemic trying to do this singer songwriter thing yeah. and so that's been really cool because I think there's even more live music than there was before so like I think of um my friends Dan and Jilly that are down there and it's so funny because they have their like spiel all figured out where we'll be at a restaurant and Dan will be like hey do you guys have live music here and then the waiter or waitress will respond or we're at a brewery or wherever we're at and they'll say like, yes. And then Julia will be like, oh, no way. I'm an artist. And then like, it starts the conversation of, okay, like should, when are you available or what can you do? Or like, who should I be messaging? And so I think you're just seeing a lot more people wanting live music and it being in places that I think historically it potentially wasn't because they're now, I mean, they've always realized that live music is like a great thing in Nashville. That's one of the things that they're known for. But I think it's just popping up more and more and more and more people are moving there to do it because they could during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's pretty cool. Cause, cause if you think of like live entertainment as a whole, so you have like sporting events and it seems very clear to me that has reverted back to normal, like yesterday. Yeah. Like people wanted that during the pandemic. I would have bet. I mean, it, you went to a game in, in March, um, yeah. a basketball game, like it's people wanted that. Um, and then you have, this the music live music scene which i think for the most part seems like it's going to revert back but with with nuances whether it's you know maybe it is some virtual you know options or, or wearable technologies like where you can view into it or you know like imagine like someone who's singing is wearing some like device and you can see from their perspective like the fans I feel like you'll see some of that um and then you have these corporate events that you were talking about earlier and it seems like that is the one where it's a big question of how do you mix remote and, and in-person, um, or do you do like corporate getaways? And, and I guess that's like a big question mark. That's how I view, that's how I view the lay of the land. I'm curious from your perspective. No, I think that is a big question mark. I think the next couple months will be interesting. Like I actually haven't heard of a ton of 
people going on tour where it is hybrid, like it's mostly in person. And so I'm wondering if it will turn hybrid or if I'm just not aware that it is hybrid, but most of the, like, I know we've been sending messages to each other of like, oh, this person's playing here. Oh, this person's playing here. Like, for example, we're going to LA and most of the things that I've seen are all in person just because I think that's been the piece that you haven't had access to. Um, But yeah, we'll see. I mean, the sporting events, it was wild. Like I went to the Illinois game, March Madness, and was wearing a mask the whole time. And it was like, you would pull it down to take a sip of your beer and then pull it right back up because someone was like yelling at you. And that was in March. And then going to the Cubs game, like we said last week, it's just a totally different environment. And it felt so good to, I don't know, just be back with like all of the vibes and all the atmosphere. Yeah, hundred percent. It was a, it was a great great feeling, and and I think in America as a whole, like we're pretty much there. And I guess the negative of vaccines and the rollout is maybe some of these international artists won't be coming to to the states, or or yeah, they probably won't be coming to the states and going on tour like they would in normal times. Or if someone who's American based can go on tour, you know, maybe Ed Sheeran's not coming over here for a while, or or whatever the rules are from the respective countries. So I guess. I guess maybe the negative uh, overarching negative is just tours might be not starting up at the end of this year, but maybe like early 2022 or something like that, I guess. Yeah. I think international tours, that's probably right. Um, that's tough. Yeah. But, but like award shows like the Grammys and, and things like that it seemed to be like golden globes were hybrid and that kind of sucked, but the Oscars were in person and that was pretty, that was a little bit better. So I'm sure the music shows are bad. I guess the BET awards were last night too. I didn't watch, but I think that was in person as well. Yeah. I think that's even an example, right? The whatever one, what'd you say? The Golden Globes was hybrid. And like, I remember just being funny because the first person, I can't even remember his name, that won won an award. It was like, he was talking and you couldn't hear anything that he was saying. Yeah, yeah, they like play the music and then he starts talking. And so it's like, you're always going to have those awkward tech challenges or whatever too. And then it's like, okay, we got this figured out. So I think it also setting expectations of, Hey, this is going to be a hybrid event and there's probably going to be things that are going to go wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Just so everyone knows. Yeah. And like, as a, as a consumer, you rather have nothing go wrong. Like as a, as an audience, you just want to like see something, you know, go foolproof. Um, To, to wrap up here, and, or, and I'll ask you for any final thoughts, but more selfishly, are we going to Summerfest in September? You're, you're in Brad are in charge every year, and we didn't go last year. We were like had two or three years in a row. I know, because it didn't happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we should, except it's they spread it out over a bunch of weekends now this year. Um, oh, I didn't know that. So, that, so I'll flip this back to you. Is that how festivals are going to do it? They're going to spread things out now? I don't know. I mean, Summerfest was, has been wild. Cause it's, I don't even know. What is it normally like 11 days in a row or something yeah, like right about um, now. Yeah. And so I don't know if they're doing that to uh, like cleanse things in between or why it's a bunch of separate, I think it's three weekends in a row. Um, oh, I don't know why they're doing that, but yes, we should for sure go. <laughs> perfect, perfect. What do you, what do you mean by cleanse things? Uh, like clean the grounds, like sanitize. Oh. Like health and safety protocols. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't even I didn't even think about like fest music festivals and over a period of days. If I would just assume that would go back to normal, but maybe not. Maybe it's like two days in a row and then two days off kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I know Windy City is like I used to go or I've gone mm. every single year. This is the first year that I'm not going, but it's next week. And they're still doing four days in a row. But at one point I heard you were gonna have to wear a mask. But now I don't think that's a thing since Chicago lifted the mandate. Yeah. But um, so I guess they're still doing four days in a row. Maybe it was just Summerfest being like a longer amount of time. And I think actually now I remember, I think part of it too was getting the um, artists. So like the artists were already planned, like already had things oh. planned from before the pandemic of like I was going on tour, these whatever. And so they were you had a better lineup when they were performing on the weekends versus during the week. Um, So I think that also played into it too. Got it. Got it. Interesting. Well, we got to go for sure. You can pick a weekend. I'm around. Um, I'm excited for that. 
any, any final thoughts here before we get to the end here of, uh, you know, future concerts, your own personal concert experiences, other live events or anything you've learned, um, you know, working at Eventbrite, you know, starting in the pandemic and, and now as we are getting out of it kind of? I don't know. I think, I mean, I think I'll always be an in-person person. I think I'm a sucker for that. And I just love <laughs> the experience. Um, and so I think I will always just naturally gravitate towards that, but I think it's been interesting and really cool to see how a bunch of companies or artists or whoever have adapted during the pandemic and still been able to do things. But for me, I'll always gravitate towards the in-person. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I like, I like in-person activities as well. Uh, I, so I just sometimes find it like, isn't it easier for musicians to do something virtual and still reach an audience? That's where I'm not really understanding it. Or maybe they like that. I don't know. I think they meant like, cause if you think about it, like they're feeding off of people's energy too. Right. And so they don't get that same energy over, I don't know. Like if you think about there's so many times that someone like screams something from the audience or like someone proposes in the middle of the concert or someone like throws something or whatever it may be that they're like feeding off of people's off of the audience's energy and I think you miss out on that who's proposing in the middle of a concert that sounds that seems like that would be my worst nightmare but someone did at Windy City Lee Bryce had the boyfriend and girlfriend up on stage and he's saying to them and saying like the song that was their first date song and he proposed and it was really awkward to watch them dance on stage but <laughs> oh man I would love that as a listener as an audience member I would I would totally eat that up um yeah, yeah. interesting I was like oh this is cool I'm so glad that's not me that's my worst nightmare yeah <laughs> also like kind of psychotic to remember the the song at your first date like who the hell yeah. knows that stuff <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, I don't need, I, I just remember my first date. I didn't pay for the meal. Um, it kind of just happened so fast and I forgot. It was like a, it was like you pay before you eat kind of place. So you can, you can imagine it wasn't a nice first date. Oh, God. I'm but, sorry. Sorry about that. It, just, it, was, it was ladies first. So you went first. <laughs> That's hysterical. Um, and look at you now. Yeah. Wearing my, Lake people visor. <laughs> no, one, no one would know. Um, as, as we wrap up, let's talk a little bit of Nashville. Because um, I feel like everyone, like you said earlier, everyone and their mom wants to move to Nashville. They talk about it, but you did it. So uh, how was the move during the pandemic? Uh, let's start with that. Yeah, I manifested it somehow. Um, I mean, honestly, I mean, a year <laughs> in the making, maybe. I know. It was such a, I don't know, a thought for so long. Um, but then it actually happened. No, I mean, it's been awesome. I think moving during the pandemic was challenging just because things weren't, oh, I mean, kind of open in Nashville, but not as open and harder to just like meet people. Um, but it's been awesome now. And I think now that things are open, there's just a ton more opportunity to go and do things. And it's been a blast. Um, so everyone needs to come visit or move or both. Yeah, I need to visit for sure. What um, I put this in the outline, but like, what's the most underrated thing about Nashville that no one really, like, you don't you don't think about? It. I mean, I think everyone has opinions of Nashville and visited and gone partying there, but what's one thing that is not a not known aspect or underrated that you would, you know, put your reputation on the line here? <laughs> oh God, lots of pressure. Um, <laughs> No, I have two because so underrated, I would say is the food. Like everyone thinks of Nashville and thinks of hot chicken or barbecue. And I actually, this is probably embarrassing. I don't even think I've had Nashville hot chicken since I've been down there. Oh I my. I know. Um, but the food is so good. Like, I don't think we've gone to one place and not had like a great meal. Um, and I think there's just a bunch of like little neighborhoods that all have their kind of little quirks and different types of food. And so that's been fun. And then I think the thing that people don't know, which I didn't know either until I took one of the like little tour buses that you can take from Nashville, um, is that there's no paparazzi allowed in Nashville, which oh. is why a lot of like artists or celebrities or whoever move there because you're never 
uh, surrounded by the paparazzi and you're not like looking out, but it's really cool because you do end up seeing people that you wouldn't expect to see um, just out and about. And everyone said they're like, you can always tell a tourist because tourists go up to them and ask to take pictures. But if you're actually from Nashville, you know, like not to bother them. And you're just like, oh, cool. That was that person and leave them alone. Um, All right. That's a good tip. That's good. Good for me to know uh, when I'm in Nashville. <laughs> you're going to be like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I'm just going to be like awkwardly just staring at them while I'm walking down the street. <laughs> well, we had one at dinner. We saw Casey Musgraves. Oh, yeah. And um, we were leaving dinner and I, she was there with her parents. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Casey Musgraves. And we left and looked up like what her parents looked like. And we're like, that was for sure Casey Musgraves. And so it was just cool. And then she posted something later um, and she was with her tagging, parents. Tagging you, you got a tag. And next now, yeah. now she's actually coming on the podcast right now. There you go. Yeah, has it, has it been, to your earlier point, has it been pretty awesome just like exploring different neighborhoods? And I, I that's like one thing I really want to move cities for because I, I miss doing that. Um, and I guess where I live now is kind of totally different area for me in, in Wicker and Bucktown. But I don't know, like, how has that been? Because I'm kind of jealous. I think that's like part of the coolest part because then I, I also regret like not doing that more in Chicago. But when I moved to Toronto, I was like, okay, I know I'm here for seven months. I got to do all the things and see all the things. And you just make so much more of an effort to go see different like places or go to this museum or go to like that. I don't know, whatever that you wouldn't normally do. So I think it forces you, especially when I was in Toronto, because I knew I had like a set amount of time to just do things that you probably wouldn't do or just like stick around your normal neighborhood that you live in. Yeah. So we for sure have been doing that. And I think for like, I moved not really knowing much about the neighborhoods and I was like, okay, well, I'll just get a place close to the office. So I'm like a 10 minute walk from the office. Perfect. But it's been cool because we've been trying to do on the weekends, just like checking out different neighborhoods for like the full day on Saturday and doing like, we'll go to lunch someplace and then walk around and see like, if we like it and then go to happy hour and dinner or whatever, all in the same neighborhood. So you just awesome. get like the neighborhood feel. Um, so it's been cool. I think the funny part is for sure moving from Chicago. It's, I mean, it's a lot smaller city, right? And so I think the place that I, the neighborhood that I live in now, people were like, there's a lot happening. There's a lot going on in that neighborhood. And then you go to some of the other neighborhoods that people are like, this is my favorite neighborhood. And to me, it feels like a suburb and I'm like, I couldn't live here, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been fun to just bop around <laughs> and check everything out and figure out like where, um, potentially to live next. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. People tell me I live in the suburbs and I live in Wicker Park. That is not the suburbs. <laughs> West of the highway. That's what all, all people in the Chicago <laughs> folks, uh, yeah. folks think about. Dang, that's awesome, Mon. I'm, I'm kind of jealous, but I'm excited to visit you. And and then you by that weekend, I'm gonna you're gonna take me to your like top three places neighborhoods wise. Yeah, and top three restaurants all the yeah. time. Yeah, no no Nashville hot chicken can't do that. <laughs> so. There's lots of other options. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so we're good to go. Yeah. Um, all right. Last last but not least, here bold prediction time. And and for the listeners, Mon was a little nervous for this ahead of uh ahead of going live so i'm curious what's your bold prediction is for you know the next in the next year 18 months or so or longer term too because brad uh, your boyfriend brad went he went long term so you can do that too i don't even know so i was nervous because i'm like i can't think of anything or i feel like it's not that great but what i did think of which was because i was going to the lake this like weekend was I was thinking if you like my parents fridge right now is just full of seltzers and this okay. was something that me and my sister had talked about probably last summer or the summer before we're like this is going to be a fad like white claws truly's whatever it's like all the rave right now mm -hmm. um and now i'm pretty const that it's going to stay for a while and for me, okay. there wasn't ever tequila seltzers, and now there's tequila seltzers. So for me, that's a game changer. Whoa, um, what, who, what, what is the name of that? I haven't seen that around. Ranch water. Okay. But my, it was in Nashville, and my dad couldn't find it here. So I don't know what's here, but they have cacti here, yeah. which is dangerous. Cacti like, is, like, not good, though. It doesn't taste good, in my opinion. So strong. 
So that's yeah. not that's not a lake people boat drink because <laughs> we'll have four and die. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of died last year when I was on your lake. So, <laughs> but re remember the the monocos? Is that it? That's not yeah. a seltzer. Is that a seltzer, right? Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. That was um, good. But now they're coming up with all these things. Like there's one now that has vitamin C in it, which is supposed to help you not get as hungover. So I think I thought that it was going to be a fad and people were going to go back to beer and it was only going to be here for a little bit. But now I'm pretty convinced it's here to stay for a while. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's there's a lot of health benefits is what is what they tell you. Uh, <laughs> no one really knows. But uh, it, it is it is um, for someone who doesn't like seltzers especially like why Claws and Trulies. It's like something I have to adapt myself. I have to like prepare mentally. I might go to a pregame and they might not have beer to only, or, or get on a boat and they might not. So it's like something that, that is just so normal um, around, uh, which is nice. I know. And this was another fun fact, not a fun fact, but so <laughs> we, my brother told me that tequila is the only alcohol that's an upper and not a downer. And no one believes me. Really? <laughs> because they're like all alcohol is a depressant. But if that's true, that like explains why people get like different drunk on tequila. Like people Good to know. tequila drunk. Good to know. I actually, I mean, I'm not a scientist. I have no idea if that's true, but I like that. Uh, and my brother is like a huge tequila and a huge mezcal fan. So maybe that's the reason why he, he does that. I don't know. I'll have to pick, up, pick it back up. I don't really like tequila, but I started drinking Terramana, the Rocks tequila. It's pretty good. I haven't had that one. It's pretty good. Last weekend we had a lot of that of tequila shots. Um, <laughs> when everyone was over, it was pretty. It was pretty dangerous. Yeah, you were celebrating. Yeah, too too much, too much. Um, I don't have, I don't have a good bold prediction here, um, for the next twelve to eighteen months, but. I'm going to, I know you said Illini sports earlier. I'm going to go Illinois football. And I think we went seven games this year. It's wow. Okay. Yeah. For those of you that I don't think we were talking about this when I was on the pod, but I said, I was going to say something about Illini basketball is my bold prediction, but then I didn't want to jinx it. So I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, that's, that, there's, uh, there's a lot of bold predictions. I'm still trying to figure out if I need to get Illinois basketball season tickets. Cause I had it last year. And now I, I like my brother graduated. I don't really know. I don't have a need to have it, but just like sounds exciting to have the option to go down to Champaign for a game, whatever I want. <laughs> I think we got them or we're getting them. Oh, okay. Good to know. Good to know. All right. I'll just, I'll communicate with your parents. Be like, <laughs> hey, pick you, I'll pick you up on the way. <laughs> so I guess they live, they're going to live in the city soon so they can, we can carpool. Yeah. Even better. <laughs> Even better. It means I can drink and then they can try. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, anyway, well, thanks for taking time to to do this. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. It was fun. Anyway, thanks everyone for tuning in and until next time, meet you at the bottom. <laughs>